0: It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle yourselves in.
1: Hello, and welcome to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. The divisional round is done. We know. Who's progressing to Championship Sunday? We're here to pick apart all the pieces. We'll be giving out our belt as normal. Those of you that hate the Team of the Week segment, we've scrapped it this week. You'll be delighted. Paul's fist pumping in the air as we speak. Then it'll be turning our attentions to the two matchups this Sunday as the NFC and AFC title will be decided. The contenders for the Super Bowl will be confirmed and the season moves one step closer to coming to its amazing climax that we've all been building up to.
2: Why, to do you, that? Why do you look like a magician That's about to reveal A very kind of average trick <laughs> Also off the Las Vegas strip Not in one of the main theatres Just kind of off one of the rundown ones
0: Can we also, can we ban Cameron From using the word climax Because it just doesn't sound right coming from you <laughs>
1: So to do this, we've got all the team other than Jamie who cannot make it. We'll get stuck into this one. And, Gordon, we'll give you the floor, first of all, because your team was the first to progress um, in probably what – well, not probably – in what was the easiest win of the the whole weekend, I think, um, all based on a second-half performance as well.
0: It was. Um, I, I don't think I should get too high about this, though, because last week uh, we were very – clear about teams that kind of did what was expected and as good as the Texans had been the week before, the Ravens went in that game quite comfortably, was to be expected they were 10 point favourites, a little bit nervous at the end of the first half after the punt return for a touchdown, but the second half they dialed in, got exactly what they needed done um, so some nice nice second half adjustments uh, put them on their way
2: That was one thing that I actually One of the concerns of? that this weekend was, it's a shame that the how they've changed things in the n f l to try and reduce kickoffs and and punt returns because there was two like huge plays in the playoff games that turned games on their head that shifted the momentum from special teams and you don't get that as much anymore um I don't know if we should become a a podcast that lobbies for the return of um suicidal kickoff returns uh putting players' safety at risk for our own entertainment. Um, I think that's justified. As America, we're fighting with that kind of thing.
1: You're one of the questions put... about this,
3: though. Sorry, on your go, Cameron. No, yeah, I was we're just going to say, one are the questions. The time. We
1: will. <laughs> <laughs> one of the questions that was put to us and one of the concerns was, are we worried about the teams that had the number one seed coming into this game cold? Neither put out their first team for the last game of the season. They obviously got the bye week. How much do you think coldness or lack of match sharpness contributed to that first half performance?
0: Not massively because they had a really nice long drive on what was it like their third or fourth drive, something like that. It's like the second quarter. The issue in the first half was uh, the Texans decided to blitz heavily and uh, Lamar Jackson just held on to the ball a little bit too long. So in the first half, they were averaging like just shy of four seconds from the snap to the ball coming out of Lamar Jackson's hand or until he was sacked or until he passed the line of scrimmage on a scramble and like over eighty percent were over two point six seconds and that was way way down in the second half so it wasn't I don't think it was to do with tiredness I think it was to do with uh like being a little bit tight which I think probably was to be expected given some of the narratives around Lamar Jackson in the playoffs um but this time they were able to get it all figured out
3: I am um... and was hugely impressed by Lamar Jackson. And I think you're slightly underdoing the the actual overall performance, given the pressure that is on him to deliver in the playoffs this year, just like there was pressure on Dak Prescott and he choked, and just like there was pressure on Josh Allen and we'll come on to that. This has been the narrative around the Ravens for some time. And I've, you know, a bit of kidology on here. I've talked about how the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, the quarterback, have been soft, in my view, over the years. They are not soft anymore. I was that was the most impressive performance of the weekend for me. Watching that, the, I thought it, I thought he was terrific.
0: the The thing about him that really impressed me more than the overall numbers were great. Obviously, especially people look at the passing <laughs> numbers. If you add the two together, it's a very very good game. But uh, looking at the intangibles, there was the play where. Ronnie Stanley didn't block the guy the right way. And Lamar Jackson didn't didn't berate him, but he had like a proper good go at him. And Stanley blocked better the next time they ran that play. And the story that came out after the game was that Lamar Jackson was very, very vocal in the locker room at halftime. And he's not seen as like a shouty, leader-type quarterback. But apparently, it's one of the biggest developments this year from his contract. Yeah. yeah, it, It's like, he, now that he's got his contract extension especially, he feels like he really owes the team to to try and deliver. So that was nice to see.
3: I thought his post-game interview was really interesting because he's never come across... I don't think he's ever come across particularly well when he's done that kind of set-piece interview or flash interview. And you can tell he's focused, he's zoned mm-hmm. in. He's a far better player than he was when he won the MVP the first time around, which I think is a given. Um, are they a better team They are probably a better all-round team than they were then as well. Yep. But the question, this is the problem with knockout football. You've always got that question mark of what happens if something freaky happens? Can you react? What happens if something happens and you're in a situation whereby there's stress put upon you, and it's the intangibles? Can you deal with the pressure? That's the bottom line. And he dealt with the pressure. Now I think they'll have a. It's going to be a whole different level come next weekend in Kansas City come to town but you know i i, I i'm not going to say i'm a completely true believer now but i i was very impressed
1: it was impressive and i think we've talked on this before certainly i know i've said that i feel the ravens playing at their best are the best team of the teams uh, in contention this year and I think to your point Charles this is it this is knockout football all it takes is one little thing to go slightly wide right uh, and the best team might not win the Super Bowl purely because it's that tight and I think that you look at the rest of the games that will come on to every other game was a single score game Um uh, and it was tight postseason nervy football. There's an anxiety to it. You can't be as free- throwing as you can be during the regular season because there's no get-outs after this. And that changes things. It definitely does puts a pressure on, but the Ravens look tremendous. Again, nervy first half came out in the second half. to the point about them being better. They've got better receivers. I think the defense is fit, which is great. I don't think there's no injuries out of no significant injuries out of the weekend either.
0: Don't think so. Nope. And that's that. This is the reason why they are one of the best teams in the NFL right now. Is unlike the past two seasons where they had loads of injuries. Like it was like a shopping receipt their injuries at one point last year and the year before. This year they've been pretty healthy throughout the year. Marlon Humphrey missed this week. Mark Andrews isn't back yet. But generally speaking, throughout the year they've been at about ninety plus percent healthy all year. Um, and that's just that's a huge advantage. We're going to talk about the Bills later on. A big reason for the Bills not winning that game is their defense was held together by tape by the end of the season.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and for the Texans, Paul, there's a lot to be excited about, right? This is a team that have got a young quarterback that performed way better than they were expecting. Uh, some of their early picks as wide receivers look to be great as well. The defensive players as well, you know, they deserve their place in the postseason. They beat the Browns convincingly, uh, and there's a lot to be optimistic about if you're a Texans fan
4: Yeah, I just hope they don't uh, take the bad from the weekend, so CJ Stroud, what, 175 yards really, if he was going to win that game, he would have had to gone over 300 and the penalties, 11 penalties I mean, that was a least clean game as the Texans have had all season Um, Now, that reflects, I think, on some of the nerves they had. I think it reflected well on Baltimore and the defence and the pressure they were anticipating. Um, It'll be interesting. I don't think the Ravens will get the same number of penalties out the Chiefs, but I thought the Ravens were just efficient coming back into it. I mean, you talk about, you mentioned, you know, is it good to have the bye week? You know, don't you play your starters? Are you rusty? I, I don't take the rusty thing. I think they played themselves back into things nicely. It was perfect. They they just I think they harassed the Texans, um, and then they relaxed in that second half and pulled away. The problem, in my opinion, for
2: the Texans is they were perhaps too good on offense this season with Stroud at quarterback, and it's made Bobby Slowick the kind of darling of the NFL coaching carousel and. If he goes, then will they be able to replicate the same level of success that they had in an offensive season? He might have been the, the main catalyst for the development for CJ Stroud. So it be interesting to see if they're able to kind of replace him because it's, it's difficult to replace a, a quality offensive coordinator in the league.
0: I will say, but- I hope. I hope Bobby doesn't hear this because I don't want to. Don't want to offend him.
1: He won't. Uh, I'm pretty safe. He won't. So,
0: <laughs> I, I think there's a good chance he won't as well. Uh there is one major criticism I would have, and I spoke to Cameron a lot about this during the game. He runs the ball on first down way too much, and in that game with a rookie quarterback, they ran the ball on first down. Uh the the Texans average, I think, one point eight yards when they ran the ball in first down. So immediately you're set up in second and long and you just put yourself in really bad positions with a rookie quarterback, with a defense that the Ravens got loads of pressure on Stroud, even though they didn't sack him. Um I saw some and it was the fifth fifth most efficient performance in terms of like expected points added in a game. In a game where a defense didn't get a sack or a turnover, so it was one of those weird games where the defense was really dominant, despite the fact that they didn't get any of the, um, any of the kind of big plays that go alongside it. But I think that was just aided by the Texans kind of playing into their hands a little bit too much.
4: And I don't think they did that they much throughout season. You know, and I think that that's the problem. Sometimes these coordinators can outsmart themselves by trying to do something, you know, desperately different. Uh, and I think that's what they did. I I was expecting them to throw an awful lot more on first down. But I think Gordon's right. I mean, you are putting additional pressure on stride. When you realise it's not working, change it. Don't just keep doing what you're doing, because it clearly wasn't working.
1: Uh, moving on to the second game then. Uh, Charles, I'll give you the floor first. The 49ers-Packers game. Um I I know you made some comments in our Patreons about my nonsense pre-game. I kind of feel like the way this game went validated some of what I was no, saying pre-game. completely I not. think that this was a close game that could have gone either way, but for a missed kick that made the difference.
3: No, and the kick had nothing to do with it, all right? Bottom line is this. this the Niners got out of jail and probably shouldn't have won the game, I think, if you were to pull the planet. um, The great... Bottom line is this. San Francisco... With the talent they've got, the season they've had should have won that game going away. Bottom line, they went into that game cold. Now you have this theory about whether or not they go in because they're undercooked uh, after three weeks off. I think that there's a there, there, there's a degree of that, but they went into the game cold and they didn't really. If if I'm you know if I look back at the game, I don't think that they really performed. That's not San Francisco that we've seen over the last two, three, four, five years. It's like this nonsense that you talk about building for next season. They have to win the Super Bowl this year. They absolutely do because they've been building to this for some time. If they had lost, that would have been a cataclysmic loss for San Francisco. There's no way that Green Bay, based on the season that they've had, fair enough, they've had a hot three or four weeks, should have been able to touch the Niners. The fact that they came that close, fair play. But, it wasn't due to the field goal that they didn't win the game it was due to a cumulative effect of dropping two interceptions you know love made a poor poor play over the middle in the middle in the third quarter little things here and there but that's one that's got away from green bay but in san francisco in the, in, in 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 the championship game and that's it yeah
0: the there what what you'd say for the packers is coming into the season uh f at worst you'd come out of the season knowing whether or not you had your quarterback in Jordan Love or not, you'd be pretty happy. And for all the all the back and forth we've had about Jordan Love on this podcast, it's pretty obvious the Packers are heading into next season with probably a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Um and they can probably look ahead to you know, making their decision in terms of um like signing him long term. The other thing though, the the field goal kicker thing, both kickers missed a field goal. So it yeah, really, yeah. really
3: doesn't have anything to do it I mean they, 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 was, they, they well, passed up the opportunity no, to take no, 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 no. Goal in not... the first quarter and they went for it in fourth and, fourth and one which was a terrible spot and they should have been given that but they didn't I'm not going to moan about the referees but that was a little thing that went went against the Packers um, San Francisco I'm Purdy he was terrible until the four, the final drive he was terrible And that's why I don't think that they'll win the Super Bowl because I don't think you can win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy at quarterback. That's my view. But San Francisco, for the season that they've had, for the players that they've got available to them, for the resources at their disposal and all this building and building and building over four or five years, for them to play like that in a divisional round game at home against a Green Bay team whose defense, frankly, is garbage, albeit the last two or three weeks, I would be worried if I'm a San Francisco fan. I'd be it, seriously worried.
0: The end, the, the end of the first half, Cameron, should surely concern you more than anything else because Shanahan shat it a little bit.
3: Oh, there's a surprise. Play, play, play Never done the, that before.
0: Played for the field goal and was rewarded with a missed field goal when there was enough time. And he wasn't... There were there were coaches that did that throughout the weekend. Played for field goals and it didn't work out. Um so that that's probably the thing that would scare me the most if I was the forty ers is just being worried. It's not we when I talked about it with Bobby Sloak there it is a Shanahan tree staple that you can get too conservative
3: and you shit the bed. <laughs> it's not a good situation to be in one thing not... that,
2: one thing that I thought was really quite interesting was Green Bay. Um, kind of used the 49ers' best play against them. So the 49ers' standard play this season has been toss left, usually with um Trent Williams pulling out and a, a down block from either Debo Samuel or George Kittle. And the, the Parker, Packers used that against the 49ers because Aaron Jones had an amazing game and mm. it was a case of they let... Uh, Joey Bosa rushed slightly up the field so that when the wide receiver that was coming back, he would already moved off the line of scrimmage. They went to a toss rather than a handoff to give Jones more depth as he pulled round. They pulled round or uh, tackle and tackle took on somebody in the second or third level and they were gaining yards and I wonder if uh, teams have actually noticed that and then going through the championship game and then into the Super Bowl whether they're going to be using that against the 49ers because Joey Bosa is such a good attacking defensive end Um, are they going to use his own kind of speed against him so um, interesting to see
4: one of the things that was interesting you talk about Brock Purdy not being great uh, he didn't lose in the game no interceptions I think that that was key came close a couple of times to be fair to him um, I'm yeah. tempted just to start an argument and say that Aaron Rodgers would have won that game um,
3: Oh no, no, no they would have found a far more <laughs> um, heart-wrenching way to lose the game if he'd been a quarterback um, he never beat the, the Niners no, in the playoffs no, and you, you, you no. do hope that um, Jordan Love's not inherited that mantle no, ah, it's, I one don't game. Think so. it's
4: one game. It's one it, game. The, the last throw was horrific, but he had to make it. He was trying to make yeah. something happen. I, I don't have an issue with that. I, I think You don't uh, judge
3: him on that throw, though.
4: No. no, no, you can't. I mean, I think he's gone from looking like he wasn't sure what he was doing when when he beat the Saints. He was terrible. I mean, it was, it was just a horrible game. Now you look at him and you think, yeah, he's an NFL quarterback. There's no doubt about it. He has learned through the season. I think you said it, Cameron. Green Bay, no, they've got a quarterback. And, and that's a great thing out that, that season. Now, ironically, if they'd got through, I think Green Bay would have fancied their chances against the divisional opponent. Um, of you, course know, so, you know, so, you know, and that would have been interesting. Um, I think that might have been a step too far, or the Super Bowl may have been a step too far. I think the better team in terms of having a competitive Super Bowl has got through. Um, but I think San Francisco do need to check themselves, and it's How do you guard against if you you naturally fall back and become a conservative coach? You're not going to change that over the next couple of weeks because you'll just start to get reckless. And and that'll lose you games.
3: I, I think you're absolutely right, Paul. And if you look at who have got, and I go back to this argument of who have got things to prove in these playoffs, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Kyle Shanahan. Brock Purdy's got nothing to prove. He's already overachieved in his career compared to where he was drafted. Kyle Shanahan has to win the Super Bowl to be judged. And I think that he is haunted by what's happened in the past. I'm convinced of it. And he is going to face some crunch moments in the next few weeks. And he nearly he nearly broke um, on Saturday night. And he was let out of jail by Green Bay making mistakes and by his quarterback actually delivering on a good final drive.
1: I think these are all fair comments. Um, My take on it was it was a poor performance. They were cold. The conditions were crap. Losing Debo. These are all excuses. Um, Ultimately, the rhythm wasn't there. The game plan went about the window. And Green Bay are on form, and the hot hand counts for a lot. I think. I think you are un- unfairly ruling out how capable this Green Bay team is, and they've shown us over the last couple of weeks. You don't and go you, into Dallas and I've score seen that a lot many of Green points. Bay this year. I know that, but you, don't, you just don't go into <laughs> Dallas and do what they did and play as well as they do without being a very good team, right? Um, I don't think this is a single season done for the Niners if they don't win the Super Bowl this season. If they lose to the Lions or they lose in the Super Bowl, I think that they come back next year's contenders. I don't think suddenly it's like, oh, God, it's like they're losing all the pieces. I don't think they are it becomes um,
3: harder and harder every year
1: you don't do it the the longer we go That's with brock problem. Purdy's, if brock Purdy's the man the longer we go the 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 more time he's on a rookie contract that he's gonna have to move into a normal contract so there's a timing thing on that but i don't know there's a lot of the key players are signed up um and and therefore, there's nothing to say uh, another run can't be made next year or potentially even the year after again. So I don't think it's all the eggs are in this basket. I think there's a lot of eggs in this basket, not all of them. Um, I think that Purdy showed character at the end, and that's good. I think that Love showed great character throughout. And I think the bit at the end was him having to force the issue. Uh, and ultimately, he was un- unlucky with the throw. He tried to force it down the field, which he's been able to do. The Niners defense had picked things up a bit by then and were able to make a play. Um, I think the margin is so fine here. This was a much. This wasn't like a one v seven. I think that the uh, the Niners maybe benefited from some of the teams around them falling away, and the Eagles and the Cowboys. And I think that the Packers uh, lost out because of a, a rough start. Uh, and ultimately, you know, had that not been the case, they would have been much higher up.
2: I think that's a good point that you made. Cam, that's quite salient uh, when you were talking about rhythm, and it was the 1980s Miami Dolphins linebacker Gloria Estefan said the rhythm's going to get you, and I think <laughs> that's the case here. I
0: don't, I don't know how I can follow up uh, another Ian Stephen classic. What I was going to say was I don't entirely agree with uh, Charles's take on like the opportunity for the 49ers to win. The 49ers cannot win. This week and still be in good shape next year however both the 49ers and Ravens have an opportunity this season that will be harder next year for yes. the Ravens it's because the Chiefs aren't quite as good as they've been in previous years they don't have the same talent around Mahomes for the 49ers it's because really there isn't another true contender in the NFC With The Lions might go out and beat the 49ers this week, but on paper, the 49ers, the moment the playoffs started, felt like they were going to walk to the Super Bowl. That basically puts you in a situation whereby you are in the game. You you take care of business, you're in the game, and you get a chance to go and win the Super Bowl. Next season, good chance the Eagles are better. Next season, the Packers are probably going to be more of a factor. The Lions have been on ascendancy for a couple of years. All of a sudden, all those things suddenly it becomes a little bit more crowded at the top, which is what it was not this year for the forty nine.
3: ers somebody might be good in the NFC South, but here's are I doubt it, point. doubt it. I doubt it too. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really of <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I I honestly I look at um that game and it's you 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 really don't want to come out of a game pleased about how your team performed if they lost. I think, to be honest, you can you can only be if you're a Green Bay fan and you look at your you look in the mirror. You can only be pleased with how things have been.
1: Yeah, absolutely, you can, you can really good season and overall. it's
3: and it's 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 overachievement and overachievement is what you want from when, when you've got no expectations and absolutely zero um, belief that they're going to actually do anything. I, I I watched the game cold on Sunday morning, and I didn't know what the result was, and I convinced myself, yeah, this is going to be twenty points. It could be twenty five. And it would, it, in some respects, as part of me was thinking, actually, it would have been better if it'd be 20 points because it would, I wouldn't have had to watch the whole thing to the end.
1: But it's fine. There's uh, lots to be positive about in Green Bay. It's, uh, for the same reasons that there is in the, tech, in the Texans. It's an exciting young team that's on the up. Um, uh, and as much as we've had fun jibing, they, you can't deny it. The, the hot hand coming into next season for a potential uprise is the Packers. They've got the biggest... Growth potential, um, uh, and definitely is. The only thing I would say is about teams walking in the postseason, I don't think there's really ever been a team has walked through the postseason. Even the Patriots, right, when they were dominant, you could maybe argue the twenty sixteen playoffs they kind of walked that because they won 34-16, then 36-17, and then they won the Super Bowl in overtime, right? That aside, there's always been at least a one-possession game prior to the Super Bowl that that Patriots team went through. I just don't, I don't think any team walks through knockout football in that manner because no, of the they, conditions they and
0: it, it's not it's not about winning every game in a blowout though it's about the fact that like just with the utmost respect to the other teams around the 49ers the 49ers in the NFC were in a tier of their own but once the eagles fell away at the end of the year that was it it was it was over um and that's why I should
2: should point out for historical accuracy in 1987, the Cincinnati Bengals did walk like an Egyptian. Does that count?
1: (laughs) So let's move on then. We mentioned briefly the NFC South, the Buccaneers-Lions game. The Buccaneers made... Do you know what this is actually really entertaining uh, as a matchup. The Lions won convincingly, I think in the end. There's all this chat about oh, the Buccaneers could have called timeout, they could have got another play at the end and no, all that kind of jazz.
0: Don't, don't don't gloss over this. They sacked
1: it off.
0: It, it doesn't it. it doesn't that's one of the worst coaching mishaps that has happened because you are two plays away from tying that game, the touchdown and the two-point conversion. With the ball, if the if the Lions miss that field goal and it's not a chip shot field goal, it was, what, going to be 40-something yards, I think? 48, I think I saw someone say. That's not an easy field goal to make. And after the game, when Bowles got asked about it, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, we would have got the ball back, down two scores, it would have ruined 12 seconds left. Not if they missed it, you wouldn't have been. That's- <laughs> You can't gloss over that. That's one Fine. of the worst coaching things that happened. In fact, no, that is the worst coaching thing that happened all weekend, because you gave up on a game that was still. You probably had if you if you get the ball back there, your win probability is probably something like ten percent. Which you, when the, when the Lions got the ball back, it was zero. You did not have win probability at that point.
1: Do you think that was done because there's it's such a routine? Play for teams to just run down the clock that they didn't even think about it.
0: Yes, the lions, yeah. the lions completely cocked it up by not realising, and then the bucks <laughs> completely cocked it up in the lions' favour by not noticing that the line. The, the You,
3: you do wonder off. whether they were all slightly overcome by the emotion of the whole um occasion, and everybody yeah. just nobody bothered looking at the clock.
1: <laughs> um, but ultimately the lions progressed to their first championship game since nineteen ninety one. Um which means that only the Cowboys and the Commanders, uh, the NFC teams, not to have made it to a championship game since the millennium.
3: That. that is so good that the Cowboys are one of all the two teams in the NFC not to have done that. I think that's was, amazing.
0: Was, is the stat not that the Ravens have only been around since 1996 and they've been to five championship games, five conference championship games, and the Cowboys haven't been to a conference championship game in that span or something like that, or they maybe yes. went to
1: one at the... Yeah. That's I exactly. think they maybe went to ninety six the first yeah, year yeah. that they were in the mix, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the Lions still played really well, and ultimately I know I know what I'm gonna be accused of here, but ultimately hot hands, good performance.
2: Lions are favourites.
1: Lions are favourites, not favorites. Not favourites, favourites. But um, there's enough there for San Francisco to be concerned.
2: Um I think that Cameron, there's a lot of credit Cameron. Cameron. Regicide, that's what you're being accused of today. Here's Reg. Um,
1: but ultimately, there's a lot of good players in Detroit. Jameer Gibbs, more so than probably any other on offense, uh, an electric running back and uh, attacking option.
2: Well, like, um, is that like, kind of like, uh, as opposed to an internal combustion engine uh, <laughs> running back, have we? Has the green movement moved into the NFL backfields? Possibly. Um, Gordon, I've got, I've got to ask Gordon this question, though. Gordon, you said that Jared Goff was
1: not a Super Bowl uh, winning quarterback. I still think that's true. Do you worry more about facing the Lions on the back of that comment in the Super Bowl than the Niners?
0: In the sense of being being wrong. Proved wrong. Uh, and Yes, then yes. I always worry about <laughs> being, pro- being proven wrong. Uh, but in the sense of like, so from a Ravens perspective, if you assume that the Ravens win this week, which obviously I'm very much not doing, but if the Ravens were to win this week, I would rather play the Lions on paper. And I, I don't think that, I don't think anyone here would rather play the 49ers if they
3: were in my position based on the way they played on saturday night i don't know
2: (laughs) is that an an omen gordon the lions and paper given and bearing in mind one of the greatest sports books of all time is paper lions have you just cursed cursed yourself
0: are you are you allowed to mention uh sports books i know i know it's not in the same sense that you meant it but i thought cameron had banned all use of that on the podcast
1: Sports books, all oh, right. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, right, that took a moment. Um, the Lions, though, very impressive. Very good season for them. I think th- there's going to be a lot of people are backing them out of the four teams left because they've never won it before. The whole and people planet's like backing them. Yeah, let's
3: be honest.
1: Apart from people from Baltimore, Kansas City, and San Francisco. Yep. Um, and I think that you know what—that's the fairy uh, story. If, if, if we're going to lose to them this weekend, I hope they go on and win it. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but we'll come on to the previews. Anyone want to add anything more about that game?
0: What I will say about the Lions is, uh, as much as I am worried about the potential of being proven wrong about Jared Goff, I have flipped my opinion on like how I think about the Lions in general. Like Their future, I think, is very, very bright. If they can figure out long term what they're doing at quarterback, but Dan Campbell has proven to be a really good, like CEO type head coach and also makes the aggressive decisions when he needs to make them. So,
2: good, good all round team.
1: They also only taken them getting into the championship game for the first time since 1991 to do it. But there you go, Detroit. Congratulations.
2: Well, I would like to state that perhaps Mike Evans is maybe the most slept upon skill player in. NFL history, Uh, not in a a kinky sense, in a people not them sense, Um, because he's the first receiver to record 10 in a row, 1,000 yard receiver seasons, he's had 140 odd yards in the playoffs with Baker Mayfield as his quarterback, which is pretty impressive, and because Tampa is such a tiny market, he doesn't really get much kind of... Uh, notice if you think of like somebody like Michael Irvin, who, um, Mike Evans is arguably outplayed other than Super Bowl wins in his career. Michael Irvin get caught with, ladies of the night and, uh, marching powder and hotel rooms, and then he stabbed rookies in the neck because he wanted a haircut, and he gets gigs in national television every single week because he played for Dallas. But, uh, Mike Evans hardly get here's a peep. Guy might be top five wide receiver all time. And
4: I think he's about to become a free agent.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was going thought, to ask, I thought Baker was great. I thought Baker I was and Baker was say was
4: Yeah, I think you've got to give a lot of credit to the way that Baker Mayfield handled himself this year. He won a poor division, but he then put out the Eagles and put up a pretty good fight. And he looks like the kind of guy that a lot of people would want to play for. You know, He, he looks like the kind of quarterback that can make you believe and bring you along. I think he deserves a lot of credit this year. He has matured uh,
1: a lot over the years, and I think that yeah, people are now backing him. Um, it'd be interesting to see where he ends up next year, and if I Mike Evans got, is a free agent they, as well. They've got to keep that offensive coordinator
3: in Tampa because he's done obviously he's done wonders for them, and I think he's been in the head coaching interview cycle. So if there they is, can keep there is
0: chat him, that he's going to wind up in Carolina pretty soon.
3: Yeah, and if he goes, uh, it would be interesting to see what happens with Mayfield, but. And, and whether or not there's a regression there. But I think he's been terrific. I mean, he, he, look, we forget for all the palaver that went on in Cleveland, and then he went to Carolina, and then he went to, to, to the Rams. He was a number one pick for a reason, and he's actually he's a good, solid NFL quarterback when he's in the right situation. And sure, he's gonna make a mistake. He's, he's If you were to flip him and Goff, I mean, they're both number one quarterbacks who've been castigated in their careers, and they've both delivered. So you have to hand it to both of them.
0: I will say, if if the Bucks are going with him as their starting quarterback next year, I hope they also have uh, like a development plan around drafting a guy in the second round, third round, something like that. Maybe even in the first round. Because we talked about the NFC South earlier, and we laughed heartedly about the fact that maybe one of the teams in the NFC South will step up next year. One of the biggest reasons why I think that won't happen is because... Teams in the NFL, when they're in a bad division, are prone to make one of the worst decisions I think you can make in football, which is look around your division and try and figure out how you go and win that division. Winning your division in the NFL, winning a four-team division where there are eight that you could win uh, or eight um, chances to win that is not an achievement. And your goal should be way higher than that. It's why the Saints keeping Dennis Allen. And you know Paul's point was, you know, if he doesn't win the NFC South, then he should get fired. If your goal is just to win the NFC South, which is a bad division, then what are your honest aspirations in the NFL? So I think teams in. I'm really interested to see what Atlanta do because if all they try and do in their head coaching search is get someone who can win the NFC South, then it's going to be a, a um, division whereby teams get put out in the divisional round at the latest.
2: Yeah, I would disagree with Gordon on that if I'm if I'm um, part of the front office in the AFC East and I'm having to play games in New uh, New York and Buffalo and in New England, I'm wanting a quarterback that's definitely got big hands, and it's going to be able to cope with winter outdoors, wet snow games. So you do kind of tailor your strategy around that aspect, it's maybe not right to look at the opposition and say, oh, they've got the best wide receiver in the the NFL, so we need to draft the best cornerback to counteract them because that, that wide receiver might move on in a year or two and it, it doesn't uh, matter as much. But I think there is a, a certain level of working out what you need to be successful in your division. The, the there is. That, that's... Source, same with the N- a- a- NFC North. Nobody's nobody's going to accept somebody coming in as a a flare player in the NFC North. The NFC North. You have to be tough. Nobody's going to accept anybody with kind of perceived softness about them.
0: Yeah, and that's so. I didn't. I didn't mean it in the sense of like don't take into consideration the conditions and stuff that you have to face because that is important. I just mean that the NFC South. It's very easy to look at that division and go, "Oh, this is a winnable division." So let's build our roster around just getting out of this division. That's not a good enough division that that should be your barometer. If you're in the AFC East and you can go, okay, we know that we have to play in X conditions, so we have to build our roster around that, and we know if we get that out of the AFC East, we're probably a contender in the NFL. That's fair enough. But in the NFC South, simply we're in that division isn't good enough right now.
2: So I think you think, Do you think there's, there's extra pressure for teams in the NFC South because they know that Paul scrutinizes them so intently?
0: No, I think there's a lot of um, pressure on radio commentators um, out there because Paul scrutinizes them so much.
4: (laughs) Rightly so, Paul. It's a sidebar, but if if anybody did not listen to Egypt against Cape Verde, the World Feed commentary of the goal that Egypt scored, it was like a primary school kid or a -A Make-A-Wish Foundation person had won the right to commentate on a football match. It was you know what's
1: funny? I, I saw it earlier, and it says everything because I agree. Like it's I, for me, it's like okay, okay, fine. All, the first four tweets under it were people saying, "I wish we had commentators like this in the Premier
4: League," and I was like, "What?" Um, no, no, you don't, you morons, because it's just unbelievable, <laughs> unprepared, shouting loudly. Um, yeah, I'll I'll send you the clip because I've got got it recorded. It's unbelievable.
2: Is it possible to make another commentator observation from the weekend? There
4: yes. There was a,
2: a picture that was circulating in social media of our very own Cameron Hobbs uh, at the Spartans' Hearts game, um, providing live commentary, and Cameron was holding a microphone up to his mouth, as is his one, and it was noticeable how incredibly tiny Cameron's hand was on that microphone, and it led to quite a lot of people speculating that... Every time Cameron goes to the toilet and looks down whilst he's holding his todger, it must look like he's got one of the biggest todgers in the world being rested in that tiny childlike hand.
4: (laughs) That's a hard act to follow, but I will say that obviously there was a problem with Cameron's microphone. Don't call it a hard act to follow. (laughs) um, I I could barely hear Cameron when I was in Forfer. Um, So... Listen, it was me, Liam McLeod and Laurie Dunsire all
1: within close proximity. It was shout or be shouted over. Let me tell you, the decibels around that part of Ainsley Park were loud. We need to move on, though, because we need to cover the Chiefs bills. Did, um did, did the Hearts guy get a better position than you? No, they also got pitch side. Good. That's fine. So, that's yeah, right, yeah, that's yeah, fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but the yeah so the chiefs spells obviously a lot of hype coming into this one buffalo at home this time around this being uh reeled out as the brady versus manning of our of this generation not our generation we're definitely not of this generation but ultimately buffalo started first half really really good seemed to be playing brilliant football the the chiefs kept up with them all the way through and then ultimately in the second half Buffalo didn't show up? Or is it a case that the Chiefs did?
0: So, I think it's a little bit harsh. I, I, I thought there was a there was a point in that game, I watched, I watched it Monday morning, so maybe I'm not getting the times right, but kind of between the second quarter and the third quarter, it felt like it was like a bit of a prize. You mean half-time? As in over the second two. Oh
1: right, thanks,
3: oh,
2: no, no, yeah, that was pretty good, Cameron. You got that him. was for
3: you, Cameron. That was quite. <laughs> funny. Cameron
2: one, McGinnis nil. That's his. That's his <laughs> one
0: joke of the year out the way. Anyway, felt like a prize fight, just like trading punch for punch. Um, the thing I thought was really interesting was the the Bills held the ball for a good amount of that game.
3: They had 30, They had it for thirty six minutes.
0: And. But it was the Chiefs that had all the explosive plays. They didn't. Mm. The Bills didn't have a single explosive play of 20 plus yards, I think it was, in that game. Had opportunities at it. Um, Josh Allen generally played really well for most of that game. Three quarters. Apart from the last two throws. More more than three quarters. But the final drive, he could have thrown an interception. Then he fumbled and they thankfully Mm. recovered it. And then. I don't think he was wrong to throw the throw the pass to Shakir in the end zone. Um I think that if he gets like an extra beat in the pocket, he probably throws a touchdown there. Um
2: did, did you say Shakira in the end zone? Shakir. No, no, no. Oh, you said Yeah. No. Now, Gordon the, you have to Add that try. one to the list, Cameron. I, th- yeah.
0: I think I think I said Shakir, I think it was
2: well go back and listen no, to you said you said shakira i think it was i'm
3: sure you can edit it cameron to make him sound yeah. like he sounded like shakira
0: <laughs> Do you, like, you like shakira gordon i don't I, these I, these lips don't lie um so we were saying that was that a taylor lead. swift song
4: <laughs> there we go
0: who had who had 51 minutes for paul mitchell's first mention <laughs> of taylor swift i did i won um <laughs> uh, I was I was gonna say before you said that we're actually not allowed to talk about female pop superstars in this podcast, otherwise Paul is very upset.
1: <laughs> right, tell me your point. Uh I've Josh Allen played
0: Josh Allen played pretty well. Uh um, did. didn't didn't get it done in the end. Uh the one thing I would say for Bills fans, especially the ones in our Patreon chat, are very, very down just now. And it's easy to look at that situation and go this was our best chance to beat the Chiefs. And it was so far. But I remember watching the Ravens play and I saw them lose the AFC Championship game in New England and it felt like well, that's the best chance they're going to have because they dropped in it past the end zone right before the missed field goal. And they came back the following year and went and won the Super Bowl. So this whole idea that the Bills are done now because you know they've got some tough salary cap decisions and this was the easiest chance to beat the Chiefs and all that stuff, don't buy it. Josh Allen's still a top-five quarterback in the NFL.
2: If you have a top-five quarterback, you will compete.
3: I thought he was good. Yeah, but
2: the, 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 Bills are, the Bills are competing. They're competing right now with the Minnesota Vikings to be the biggest choke artists in NFL history. There's no doubt about that. And they, just, they showed it again. They should have beat the Chiefs. They had another wide right. Uh, this was their moment. They had a closing window, and... It's them versus the Is Vikings. it
3: really, though? I don't the think wind, it is. The, window is, win.
2: the window's not closing. The window's not, the window's the not window closing. The pro- no, what, oh, you... It's 100%. It's not closing rapidly, but it is closing. It's I, not like I, other teams were just opening, but theirs is closing. They're on a downward the,
3: trend. Do you, do you know what they have to do, though? And you talk about, oh, yeah, the salary cap, is, she's fine, fine. You've got a quarterback, you'll you'll still have a chance. The problem for the, that they've got, and every team in the AFC has got, as long as the Chiefs continue to do what they're doing, and as long as Mahomes continues to be Mahomes, is they've got a psychological stranglehold over the rest of that conference. They really, really do. I mean, there's who, if you were to you talk about Josh Allen, but then you've got Lamar, you've got Joe, Joe Burrow, and then you've got Patrick Mahomes. There's four only one of them can get to the Super Bowl every year. That, only two is, of them can get to the championship game every year. But this, it's this, incredibly no, difficult.
0: Not only two of them. One of them plus Mahomes. Mahomes always goes to the championship game. And this is... So you look at uh, the situation that Bears fans are in right now, whereby they've just watched the Packers go from Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback to now, let's not call Jordan Love a Hall of Fame quarterback yet, but looks like the next, you know five, so, ten years of the Packers he's, franchise. He's already
3: thrown for more yards in one season than any Bears quarterback has done in history. So there, there you
0: go. <laughs> but, but this is this is what fans of other AFC teams have dealt with. You went through God knows how many years of Tom Brady whereby you were very lucky to to get a championship game without Brady being in it. And he goes and it's now Mahomes and he just yeah. he always winds up playing there. So
1: it wasn't even like there was a a, a closing of one and an opening of there. There was a crossover period. Crossover, it <laughs> it's ridiculous.
3: I yeah, I don't I don't want to sound smart because I did predict that the Chiefs were going to win. And I, but why did did I think they were going to win? I thought they were going to win because I, I I'm sorry we've talked already, already about it on this podcast tonight. You've got to handle the moment. You've got to handle the pressure when it's on and the kicker choked. And I don't it's, think that they managed that final drive
1: properly either. Did Josh Allen choke—that was the thing. Josh no, Allen, I don't, the nerves I, of the situation. I, get I to don't.
3: Him. I think I don't think that they managed the clock on that final drive particularly well. Because even if he sticks that field goal over, you're still giving the Kansas City Chiefs one minute forty-five with two timeouts. He I has, would have lumped my mortgage on the Chiefs
1: winning the game in in regular time, even if he had made that kick. I I I I. Felt well, at the time, and I maybe, I've maybe i only watched it once, I haven't gone back and rewatched it. It felt at the time like that final drive, the pressure off that final drive, and knowing that they needed to score yeah. something played into his psyche because it felt like he was so safe all the way through that game. He played a brilliant game. But, and it, his but one game was so powerful. He was safe, but Cameron, even the fumble. He
3: was told to be safe by the way in which they defended him
1: as well. They Indeed. played that
3: shit on. He, he couldn't make a big exclusive play.
1: But if he'd continued to just do that down the field, they might well have scored he, a touchdown. there. Also, but they pushed it. he really pushed it. Like he, he should. He should have had an explosive play though on the the one
0: that uh, Stephon Diggs dropped. Yeah, it was like sixty odd yards in the air. Here's here's a here's a stat though. The big thing with the Bills this season was they swapped offensive coordinators um, midway through the season when Ken Dorsey uh, was. I think he, I think he got fired. Yeah, because it was the Eagles who demoted. He got fired, and they replaced him with Joe Brady. While they had Ken Dorsey, they were third in expected points added per per play, and they were first in success rate. And after they uh, got rid of him and replaced him with Joe Brady, they were sixth in expected points added and seventh in success rate. So their offense actually regressed a little bit. Still a very good offense, but the the big thing I thought in that game was, why did they stop running the ball with Josh Allen in the second half? Yes. We we talked about it, Cameron, on Saturday Night with Lamar. He's not run the ball as much this season. Now that you're in the playoffs... Yes, you potentially
3: hundred uh, yard
0: in, game a, an, an injury, I said it was going to
3: be a hundred yard game
0: <laughs> like, like an injury might happen and you might you know you might get hurt in mess games but you now the the juice is now worth the squeeze and risking your quarterback running and the mm. second half they just totally got away
4: with that so what do the what do the Bulls do, do they, you can't fire your quarterback you think, fire your coach I think you Some, can't change or trade
3: him. I think you cut Stefan Diggs or trade him because I think teams in the last two, three years, and you can reel them off, you, the Saints with Alave, um, the Ravens with Zay Flowers, the Bengals with Lamar, they've proved that you can draft a, a wide receiver in the first round and get immediate success. So I think you, you cut your losses with Stefan Diggs. I think you probably try and draft someone else as well, a receiver, because these receivers are coming into the league now and they're ready to go. I, not just in the first round, there's loads of them that are just flooding the market a, at the it's moment. It's a deep, a deep class as well. It's another deep class. And I think what you do is you, you've got, you know, they need to find somebody to play cornerback um, and they need to, they probably need to replace both their safeties. They've got to sort their secondary out. They're going to be there or thereabouts, but then next year you've got potentially Aaron Rodgers fit again and potentially a Jets team that's going to be better. And then you've got a team in Miami that's going to be there or thereabouts for the division And then we've just talked about all the other problems that you face in the AFC. But you've got to try and, just like every other team, you've got to manage the situation. I do think, in this great hilarity debate about Josh Allen being a turnover machine, that Prescott last year led the lead in interceptions. This year, throughout the regular season, he was, by and large, excellent until he got to the playoffs and just imploded. If you can get a season out of Josh Allen, similar to the one that Dallas got out regular season out of Dak Prescott, then there's your progress right there, I I would say. And then it's a a case of the X's and O's in the playoffs.
4: But the problem for me is that the Bills are opening themselves up to exactly the same thing as the Cowboys have done. So if you presume that both will make the playoffs next year, they've Mm. just heaped a whole lot of pressure on themselves and their coach because they didn't change anything from the previous year. Are they going to choke again? Are they going to be bad coached again? Are they going to hit the same problems? So you really, I think, both those organisations are taking a huge chance in keeping both their head coaches rather than cut something into I, it's something ve- new. It's
0: very, very harsh to lump the bills with the Cowboys, I think, on the basis that with arguably um, tougher opposition over the past few years, they've gone further and they've won more playoff <laughs> games and stuff like that.
4: Yeah, but next year, should the Bills get there, we're going to be talking about the same thing. Can Josh Allen do it? Can Sean McDermott coach his way past the Chiefs? You're talking about the same things. And, you you know, if they choke again or if they don't win again or they do whatever, I just think something radical should have to change in both those organisations. Your point's a fair one. The Bills have performed much better than the Cowboys, and arguably I mean, the Cowboys certainly should have made a coaching change. But the Bills have got to do something. I think there's there's I, pressure for them to do something.
3: I, I don't know I don't think it comes down really to, to I don't think they lost because of coaching decisions there. I think they lost it's again it's another cumulative effect. You've just got sometimes it's as simple as just key players holding their nerve at key moments. Do you know? Sometimes you lose games that you deserve to lose. And sometimes you play your absolute best and the other team's just better than you. If Buffalo are looking at that game, are they they're thinking, were Kansas City better than us in that game?
1: They're going to be sitting and stewing on that all off-season. Yeah. Um, and do you know what? It's actually one of the things that we might do in the postseason is pick a couple of divisions where things are on the shuffle uh, and actually really drill into them. And I think the AFC East is uh, a great contender to look into. I think the NFC North um, is another one that will be a really fascinating conversation and we can discuss which other ones we want to discuss beyond that. But um, what we need to do now is turn our attention to the Belter of the week. I, because hang on, few- hang on,
0: hang on. We could, I, I know we've rambled on a bit here, but I think we probably need to very slightly touch on the Chiefs in that game. Mahomes was incredible.
1: Yes, Kelsey's back to Kelsey.
0: Yeah, I think. We'll get to that. Kelsey's been fine. The the absolute (laughs) nonsense Kelsey narrative was absolute pish. Like, he is not. He's not the best tight end in the NFL anymore. He's also not a
1: young guy anymore. He's still top you five. You can't argue that his production dropped during the second half of the season. It did. Yes, because he's older. He's still a top five tight he's end. He's only a year older.
3: Like it's, abs- it's The, the yeah, drop he's, was he's noticeable. He's been on a few years with Her Majesty this season as well. Let's he, do you know, he's, do he's, you know what
2: the secret was to the rejuvenation of Travis, Travis Kelsey? Having a semi-naked, inebriated brother in the stands, <laughs> that's what every person needs to spur themselves on to success he was out in the uh, parking lot beforehand like out with the fans um... drinking out a bowling ball yeah it was brilliant it was brilliant um i'm
1: going to just move on from the chiefs because we'll talk about them in a minute um because we will have to preview the games coming up this weekend as well the let's very quickly go through the awards so lauren up first i'm doing these in alphabetical um Baltimore Ravens do it all Lamar Jackson really put the team on his back and guided them to impressive win over the Texans, scoring 24 of the Ravens, 34 points, two passing, two rushing. Rushing for 100 yards and showing that he deserves the MVP award that is likely coming his way at the end of the season. The Baltimore Ravens defense gets a few nominations. George Jackson, Peter Coyne. Peter Coyne, Coyne says only... <coughs> Uh, no nominations from Johnny Bailey this
4: week. I think oh, he's in. A oh, half.
0: Did he? Did he have a tough week watching the NFL playoffs? Then? <laughs> I'm sure if the Ravens lose, he'll be back next week.
4: Um, he threw in his yellow towel. The
1: Raven. Oh, Paddy Kelly also gives it to the defense. Thought they were very solid. And again, didn't give the Texans anything from the get go. Solid run defense and great coverage. Going to need the same again this Sunday to ensure the Super Bowl is a. Taylor Swift free zone. We're counting on you, Lamar. Kiss, kiss. Um, ben Johnson gets a nomination from Ross Taylor. The first half of the Lions Bucks was a bit of a slugfest, but Detroit adapted well. And when the Bucks countered, they adapted again. Johnson showed why he's so highly thought of in the game. I throw in my one caveat that the Bucks aren't a divisional playoff team, but you can only beat who's in front of you. The Brian Dando gives it to Christian McCaffrey. Without him, we would uh, have not been able to dump Green Bay out the playoffs. Grade A plus 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 trade material. Craig Reynolds or Craig Reynolds gets one from Kieran for getting the start line of one carry for one yard and one touchdown. Very efficient. Dan Campbell gets on from Stephen Lynn for a coach who took derision and mockery for his kneecaps quote when taking the job. It's excellent to see him getting the buy-in from his team and the fans of the Moor City. Cameron will, of course, tell everyone that they are a certainty this week. I won't since since they play as Niners and he actually might be proved right for once. I'm not going to say that they're a certainty. Or that they're the, the, the favourites, because they're not, but they might be us. Trey Greenlaw gets one from James Whitson, two interceptions, stuffed love on a fourth down sneak and led the 49ers in tackle, stepping out of Fred Warner's shadow. Also responsible for me waking the neighbours screaming, get down at him at 4.30 on Sunday morning. Frank Rag now gets one from Sean Carr, tremendous effort to push through the pain barrier, a man focused on a team performance who will run through the wall to get the win. There is one for uh, another one for Lamar Jackson. Sorry for um, Sarah Taylor. Uh, I'm really just doing this because I want a bottle of whiskey. Uh, fair enough, Sarah. Uh, I'm still sad the Bucks lost, so I don't want to nominate anyone else. However, nomination from Lamar for Lamar for what he said to CJ Stroud after the Texans lost to the Ravens. Lamar seems like a decent lad. Mahomes gets a couple of nominations from Steve Brixton, Stuart Sinclair. Stuart says, "Great play and a cool head, ending the Bill season for the third time in fourth years, uh, four years in a playoff thriller." The Bills Mafia get a couple of ones. Let's Jason Hoffman. He says, just really a shout out to the Bills fans who spent the day digging out Highmark Stadium for two home playoff games. Buffalo gets his fair share of snowy weather from April to March. So the locals are used to six inch dumps. Oh, that sounds painful. <laughs> um, in a day and <laughs> dropping everything to get the stadium and parking oh. lots ready for games. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, well.
0: Thank you, you, Bill's Mafia, for cleaning up the six-inch dumps.
1: (laughs) Of course, if the billionaire owner would actually dig into his own pockets, the team could have a shiny new dome that would save the fans from having to bail out the team for $20 an hour. I think that's a very good point. Uh, No, that's got nothing to do with a belter nomination. Travis Kelsey gets one from Lewis Forbes. Yes. Wow!
0: Hang on, hang on. No, no. No, (laughs) yes, yes, no, no. No. If Lewis if Lewis is the one who I'm thinking of from the chat, he was slagging off Kelsey at the end of last week when I was when I was defending his own player. So he's
1: not he's not let him state his case. No. It's not all about you, Gordon. (laughs) Lewis says. I've said in the group chat a couple of times about how Kelsey has been lacking in the second half of the season, but the big shagger really turned up when he was needed most. Two touchdowns and 75 receiving yards, which was more than anyone in the game, was ultimately, uh, which was more than anyone in the game, has ultimately the difference between the Chiefs and the Bills. The fact that there wasn't a Bills player within a 20-yard radius for the first touchdown is irrelevant. He's still my belter of the week. Tyler Bass gets one from Bobcat. Fulfilling his moral imperative prophecy as a bells kicker and wide right. place, Zay Flowers gets one from Nadine Carruthers. He is a belter off a rudder, plays an amazingly good game, and I think will do some brilliant things in the future. So that's all the proper nominations. The other ones that I'm going to share now, and I don't know who's guilty of this. I, I have a feeling it could be somebody on this pod, but I'm not entirely sure. We, when we put out the award nominations, got liked by a lot of um, scantily clad ladies in their profile pictures, which is clearly.
0: They're called called porn bots, Cameron. Porn bots.
1: Well, those porn bots have clearly evolved because there's been some submissions.
4: (laughs) There's been some submissions. It's a
0: Transformers film. It's, It's a triple threat match. It's the Transformers, the Decepticons, and the porn bots all trying to outlast each other.
1: So, Hello, first up, boy. we have a nomination for Charles from Lisa Riviera. Charles, he's my biggest <laughs> customer. This is not a race. <laughs> this is not. There's Ian, no way that this is real. Ian asks for the most messed up things but I make the most out of Charles. Love your Twitter account, guys. Follow back. Kiss, hug, kiss, hug, kiss. Yeah,
2: hug. That, have you looked at... No, have that's legit, actually. That's legit. There's Have another you one at some from
1: of the, uh, the profiles of these people who've yeah. liked these.
2: Yeah, oh, I know, I know who she is. That's legit. So Aurora has nominated oh, the no, NFL Aurora. Scotland pod. Oh, Aurora, hey, I'm a Aurora. new
1: listener. The girls at the club told me to listen as Charles Tipswell. I did, and I enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Um, oh, she's a scamp. Uh, Breka Yaddick gives her nomination to Ian. For showing me that when I'm stamping on a guy's nuts wearing stilettos, that life could still be a darker place if I was in his mind. He pushes me to new lows, and I like the challenge. He's the Mahomes to my Allen, and when I'm next using an avocado to make Charles hit a high note, all I'll be thinking about is what you'll say next on the
4: pod. <laughs> it's right. Ah, right, and the is last one... F- is anybody familiar with the phrase "jump the shark"? Because I think <laughs> I think this trash podcast has finally jumped the shark. Uh, Angel Debonk uh, gives the final nomination it's to an, Paul and
2: Hell. It's a it's a guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: After a hard day pretending to be a Packers fan for Charles while I cover myself in whipped cream, shouting out, Brett, I love you over and over, Paul is nice and relaxing to listen to on the radio. Just tell Charles to keep it on the internet. I know you're a fan, but don't talk to me when I'm with my kids. Not cool. And they... (laughs) The face you pull when I say go pack scares them. (laughs) I don't even know why, Charles, you seem to be the victim of this abuse. Anyway... Uh, here end of the nominations. Who's the belter of the week? <laughs> Who's the belter of the week? Uh, the one with the one with the avocado. Oh, hang on! I did. I missed someone because they got the most nominations. The most nominations with four. It's of course it is. It's Jason Kelsey. Don't particularly like any of the players of Team's Life. Says Kenny Law. They can do one. Jason Kelsey looks like he's retiring, albeit not official yet, so sending some love his way. Incredible player for a number of years and seems like a good guy to put. Also, brilliant him jumping topless into the Bills fans. Maybe if Taylor Swift jumped topless from the suite, I'd like her just as much. Savage! Condone.
2: this is oh, a smutty are, one we're equal opportunities podcast male and female proper,
1: and he's encouraged proper hall of famer hope he has a cracking retirement ross sterling says for casually chugging beers shirtless while the tv coverage is looking for a tay swift shot also lifting the young fan to wave to taylor after the game and chugging beers at the tailgate pregame. he's a man of the people and of course he really enjoyed watching his brother score to a touchdown so who is the belter this week well sounds like it's me
0: <laughs> it, do, it does sound like it's Charles, the the best customer.
3: What, Where's that all gone wrong? I don't know what I've done to deserve all this praise. I'm, 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 Gordon, if I were you, I'd be really concerned
1: that nobody is remotely interested. Me and Gordon got nothing. Me and Gordon got nothing there, which, which is
0: interesting. So that rules out Johnny because I would have been target number one <laughs> if it was Johnny.
2: Um, Jamie's complicit by his absence.
3: Yeah, I'd
1: agree. Good lord. Anyway, right,
3: we need a belter because we need. To I talk mean, I, I know about that, there was a Sunday. lot of chat on the Patreons last week about how I absolutely was uh, um, completely on the money about lots of things, and maybe some people get carried away.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh Lamar, Lamar. Don't carry home or take G- Jason
3: Kelsey. Um, no, not Jason. Oh God, no, no,
4: not at all. Lamar. Um, for Lamar. 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 Lamar was the best
3: individual performance of the weekend. But I want to get. I, yeah, I think the Lions are just an amazing story. Yep, I think they're a brilliant story. Um, so Lamar got... did what he was expected to do. That's the thing. If so, Lamar sort
0: of, can, the, sort if, of the Lions,
3: to be fair. Well, yeah. yes, but the thing is, is that no one's ever expected the Lions to do anything. Do you know what? If Lamar gets the Super Bowl, then he's absolutely worthy of every award he gets. He's got to get over the biggest hurdle now. So, it's alright if you want to give him the
1: award for divisional round. Then I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't really mind either way. Uh, I don't hear anyone else that's being thrown out as a clear standout other than the man himself. So let's take a moment, raise a glass and say cheers. Lamar Jackson, you are the Loch Lomond Belter of the week. Very quickly, because we've been falling on for ages, let's touch on Championship Sunday then. First up, we do have that game between the Ravens and the Chiefs. Do you want to start, um, Gordon? What's, how, so- how do you see this one panning out?
0: I'm going to give my shape bag Cameron take, and then yep. I'm going to give, but I'm also going to balance it with my non shape bag Cameron take. I have bet on the uh, Chiefs to win this game. The odds were rather nice, and I'll win about five hundred pounds if the Ravens don't go to the Super Bowl, and I will get to see it in person if the Ravens do. That being said, this is the best chance the Ravens have had to go to the Super Bowl since 2012, and it's probably the best chance they'll have in a couple of years. They are a better overall team than the Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes right now is still a better quarterback than Lamar. That's obviously a bit of an equalizer. But defensively, the Ravens have been so good this year that not getting in the Super Bowl is going to feel like a massive disappointment. So, my my slight lean, picking wise, because I believe that I absolutely have the ability to jinx, is on the Chiefs. Uh, but if not now, then when
1: for the Ravens? Anyone got anything to add to that?
4: No, I think it's a fair point. Um, Gordon's obviously covering uh, his emotional losses. Um, so we applaud him for that, should it come to it. But yeah, the, this is this is the game that I think the Ravens have got to win at this. This is, a you know, in terms of their window, they've got the Chiefs, they've got them at home. I think they've got the defence to win the game. And just take the shackles off Lamar as well. Let him run that. Uh, you know, he's got to run more if if it's on. And I think, yeah, I mean, I do fancy them to win it. I thought that the the Chiefs would win in Buffalo, but I think Ravens will take this one here. Would you want rain, Gordon? This weekend. Would that
1: equalise things any?
0: No, um, I, I think the Ravens are in a weird position here whereby as the favourite, you probably don't want any equalisers at all. You just want neutral conditions and... You just have to hope that the defence is good enough to give them homes enough problems.
3: I think it is, because I think the Chiefs I think the um the Chiefs played above and beyond offensively what they've had all season at the weekend. Um and I think a large part of that was the fact that the Buffalo defense was stripped bare. And I think that they'll find it much more difficult. Um in Baltimore. I do think it'll be close. I can't see that you know the baltimore running away with it like they did last week yeah i think i I I think i I think that they are they should be favorites they should be comfortable being favorites and i think that they'll win by a field goal or maybe more
1: it's it's a really fascinating game um i think it's one to look forward to i know it'll be nervy and i think it's going to go down to the wire whoever comes out on top which
3: is the team that can make explosive plays i think Uh, they both uh, can both I don't think I, I. No, I think I think the I don't think Kansas City are capable of making enough. I think they were. I think the situation that Kansas City found themselves in last weekend was quite favourable because that Buffalo defense is is a mess now because there's so many injuries. Whereas well, I don't think that they can do that to Baltimore. The, the way that Baltimore shut down the ability of Houston to make offensive big plays. Um, you're not going to see that from Kansas City Kansas City are going to have to be they're going to have to try and hang on to the ball and keep the ball out of Baltimore's hands if they want Uh, to win that game so
0: an underrated aspect here that goes in the Chiefs' favour is Pacheco as a runner I think is going to have a couple of big plays against the Ravens' defence the Ravens against non-zone runs the Ravens' defence has been a bit suspect against the run this year so those kind of gap um, man runs that's, that's where the Chiefs have a chance to get some success against them.
1: Mm. Well, there you go. Um, okay. Anything else to add on that one? No, nope. let's move on to the second game. My turn for Shite Bag. I, of course, have put money on the Lions. Uh, I will, funnily enough, also win about £500 pounds if they do make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, and I, I will be jumping on their bandwagon because just because they've never won it before. I would definitely be on their bandwagon if they play the Chiefs. I would love to see Lamar Jackson win a Super Bowl. I'll be honest, if the Niners aren't there, I would like to see Lamar Jackson do it. I think that he has faced a lot of question marks over his career, and for him to kind of do it will just noise up a few people nicely, which I think is great. That's what you want. Uh, against the Lions, we're going as seven-point favourites. I think they are more than capable of giving us a tough game. I think Charles is right to highlight some of the concerns from the weekend. We were cold until the end. Uh, We need to play our best the next two games if we've got a chance of winning the Super Bowl. Um, Detroit can beat us. The expectation will be on San Francisco to win. I think you'll see a lot of the analysts picking Niners and we'll go from there. But Debo Samuel being injured will have a big impact if Debo Samuel is fit and plays, then I think that's a significant benefit. If he misses out, we'll have to adjust the game plan. That's my pitch. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be close. I don't think it'll be double digits either way.
4: You're going to hurt yourself getting on and off bandwagons, you know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, I think this, this has got potential. I think the first game's got potential to be an absolute belter of a game. I think this one's got the potential to blow out if, if the 49ers handle their business properly. Uh, I'm quite glad in terms of the UK TV that we get the, the Chief Ravens first the Weather in Santa Clara to be
1: better this week. So, we're not going to be able to use well, weather uh, as an excuse. Do it. it does, of course. Uh, the weather's does.
3: got nothing to do with it. You're playing against a team that's come from a dome. If any team should be able to handle the weather, it's San Francisco. That storyline is garbage. It's just garbage. If it's you, not if a storyline. It's just it, a factor. Is, it, it I'm sorry. It is. Any team that makes an excuse, whether it's referees or weather, stick it in the bin and shove your head down the toilet. It's a nonsense. I, the whole of America, outside of San Francisco, is rooting for the Lions. That is the biggest problem that San Francisco have got this week. What What's, a story it would be if Detroit can get to the Super Bowl. I,
1: I think don't think Ohio. Be don't, I'll be honest. I don't think Ohio is going to be nah, rooting for the Lions. The whole of America wants.
0: Oh, everyone okay. wants the Cin- Lions. Everyone, Cincinnati everyone in the FC the Niners.
1: Uh, Ohio hates Michigan. There's no the rivalry between Ohio and Michigan. There's no danger Ohio wants anything to no, do. No, this is right. Detroit. Not in, not Detroit, not Detroit has Where's been Detroit. stop for Where's decades. Detroit? It's in not, Michigan. Not in It's football, next to Canada. <laughs> <Come> on, <you're... laughs> I'm not having it. I also yeah. think we've got Iowa on our side. Uh t- we'll we'll take them.
0: I tell you what though, uh at the risk of putting my lions hater hat on, which is actually harder than I thought it would be to say. Uh I think this is not close. I think the 49ers win this pretty comfortably.
3: They ought to. There's no reason why they shouldn't, frankly. So it's it's a one versus two. Oh, it's, no. not, it's one versus, one versus three, three. actually. Oh, yeah, there, there's,
4: lot, there's lots of reasons, oh, yes. Charles. I mean, there's the weather. I mean, yes. that's obviously a factor. You, if you've it's got a rain game, account. Ian has slu-
1: said this repeatedly, it ruins games. It won't be no. as high scoring no, if no, it's wet.
3: Didn't. That's got nothing to do with it. It doesn't, doesn't mean it's going to be closer. <laughs>
2: Gordon, can I take you on safari with you wearing your lion hater hat? That would uh, be hilarious. <laughs> what's more dangerous for me? Publicly saying
0: that I don't really rate the Detroit Lions or going on safari with an anti-lions hat.
1: <laughs> I don't think that they can read, so I think you'll be fine.
4: Oh,
0: Mufasa, check Hi, this guy! Re- respect <laughs> to the lions from a Tiger fan.
3: It would be, it would be a truly um, poetic storyline if um the ex the discarded LA Ram somehow manages to bump off the Niners in the championship game i think that would be a terrific storyline <laughs> i've always said i feel sorry for detroit i've always said I, f- I hate the bears i respect the vikings and i feel sorry for the lions honest to god it would be as as a as a paid up member of watching detroit be shit for 30 years i think it would be magnificent
1: but more because a wonderful story on our hands here. More because of what Detroit have done, or more because you can further slander Shanahan and call him a Both. fraud, whatever. Probably, you do.
3: probably as much the latter as the former. But I'm, you know, you know, as as somebody who who lives for something slightly romantic and. You know, that's just a great. It's one of the what.
2: What an amazing story it'll be.
3: It'll be like Beauty and the Beast in the in the Super Bowl if if we have Taylor Swift and the Detroit Lions. There you go.
2: There was nothing romantic about what Aurora just described. We what you got up to with Charles?
3: No, we're, we're gonna Can have
2: to imagine being the Vikings though, and like sitting there watching the Lions thinking oh please don't let them win because then we're like the worst team in NFL history us versus the Bills oh don't Lions
1: (laughs) anyway (laughs) right Um, fine anyone got anything else to add before we pick some competition winners
4: I think it was worth noting the TV audiences were massive at the weekend the Chiefs Bills peaked at 56 million which is quite incredible. I mean, that that was, up. I think, the...
3: Why do you that think happened... that was, Paul? Do you think that they were tuning in to watch the game?
4: Uh, yes, and the game was close. <laughs> that, that's the answer. De- that, that's how was, you can tell.
3: That's definitely that was... got nothing to do with it. What was the game that was in Peacock? Yeah, uh, that was Chiefs, Dolphins Chiefs. Chiefs Dolphins 20 million.
2: Because it's a bit harder for them to to get... Um, to spell TV, Peacock TV. on their No, TV, TV ratings for, for games that are streamed because it's not how they would traditionally take it. Although, interestingly, um, it sounds like a sidebar, but it's not. The um, Netflix are going to start showing WWE from 2025, so that maybe opens a window for Netflix if they're taking on sports broadcasting, because the TV deal is coming up
4: fairly soon, I think, for the NFL.
0: Yeah, ESPN, I think was it was 2025, I think it ends as well, or has it got two years left?
4: No, I think there's a little bit more on the NFL. I think it's to 2028, they've got it tied that- down. We'll see.
0: But yeah, definitely there was definitely nothing else around that Chief Spells game that might have had additional people cheering in. Definitely, De-
4: definitely not. No good reason for it.
2: <laughs>
1: um, right, so what we need to do now is we need to pick the winner of our bottle of whiskey for this week. So um I'm going to give Paul the opportunity. I want a number between one and twenty nine, please.
4: Uh, the number of irritating people that attended the Chiefs-Bills game, uh, two. <laughs> I think a lot more than two
1: irritating people are joining. Um, congratulations to Simon Brown. Um, Simon, who voted Jason Kelsey for saving us all from Taylor Swift, if only for one week. So there you go. You and Simon on similar wave- wavelength. Uh, Simon, bottle of Locklum and stromash whiskey and two tumblers coming your way. We oh, also... Tumblers. We also had a contest on our social media uh, on Twitter or X, whoever it is now. Uh, due th- thanks to our friends at Top Golf, They're giving away a bay to their Super Bowl party on the 11th of February. Starts at uh, 11 o'clock from 11.15. You get the bay for up to six for the whole night. Uh, you get to play Top Golf with a game on in your bay. You get nachos and wings as well, all thrown in a prize worth up to two hundred and forty pounds, which is somewhat impressive. One
3: um, caveat to that is Top Golf might not be there by the end of the week if it gets blown away by a storm. So, in that in in that instance, go back to Cameron and he'll give you another prize.
1: We will figure something out. Yes, I think <laughs> at the moment they have had to close due to storm uh, issues, but we'll be well clear of it by then. But congratulations go to Kira Clark, who was selected from all of the people that uh, retweeted and replied. Uh, Kira, you have won a bay for up to six people for the Top Golf Super Bowl party. Uh, we're in conversations with Top Golf. We're also looking at a brand new venue in Edinburgh, as we're already looking at plans for next season, but we've got some football to do between now and then. But for tonight, that is the full-time whistle. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this and every single episode of Stromash. We'll be back again very soon to pick apart all the pieces of the championship game and as we start to build things up with our Super Bowl preview planned
4: programming. Let's see who's going to be the ball bag next week if the team reaches the Super Bowl. But for now, for Ian, for Charles, for Gordon, for Cameron, thanks for listening. Bye for now.